Good morning, New City Church. How we doing? Cool. What a great, what a fantastic, beautiful morning this morning. Uh, man, uh, thank you guys again, Pete, Daniel. This is beautiful stuff, man. Beautiful stuff. Love, love our worship. Love, uh, you know, and, and, and I dig the whole, like, like, I love it when we got a full band, but I love it when we just got like a couple dudes just hanging out, worshiping together, leading us in worship. Man, beautiful stuff, guys. Thank you. Um, I, I think I've gotten a chance to meet everybody. We've got some new faces here this morning, so great to see everyone. Uh, my name is Casey, one of, the, one of the pastors serving here alongside you. I wanted to uh, ask you, actually, I need to um, get your help for some, you're going to help me put together the message for next week and the next couple weeks. Uh, we're, like, we're in this uh, series called It Takes a City, and it's going to take a city to get the messages together next week. Meaning it's going to take all of us. If you know we are in this series right now, we're trying to figure out how like Jesus is Lord. How do we use our gifts? How do we organize the church? Amen. Hallelujah. And, <laughs> by the way, love, love it, love it, love it. For uh, I love kids. I love everything like that, man. It's just wonderful. This is a family. This is a, a wonderful time to be together. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to truly be on mission as a church because it does take us all to be actually on mission reaching other people for Jesus. So here's what I need you guys to do to help me out is if you could please put uh, fill out this uh, we actually got two surveys. The first one is going to take very little time if we could put that up there. Uh, if you have the uh, New City Church app and, uh, and by the way I also sent this out to everybody on uh, on an email, uh, a link to this. If you have this survey, if you have your uh, app downloaded on your phone, you can take this. Uh, if you don't, if you want to write that down, www. I don't think you have to do that anymore, do you? Surveymonkey.com slash r slash my top three. It will take literally 30 seconds for you to fill that out. The next one I want you to fill out, uh, this will help as well kind of get our gifting all put together. Uh, if you recall, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the APES. The, uh, God has given some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be shepherds, some to be teachers. If you will take the fivefoldsurvey.com uh, survey and email the results to APES at newcitychurch.com, that'll give us a glimpse of where we are gift-wise in the church, the gift that God has has given us and that would help me out a great deal I was actually supposed to get these out again last week totally forgot we got so involved and caught up in the moment Holy Spirit took over and I totally forgot amen so it's kind of one of those it'll help me out a bunch but I will tell you this guys this week and really over the last couple of weeks I have been so thrilled to death about our church and more proud of us as a church body and believers in Jesus than I think I have ever been. Now I know that I have been challenging us over the last few weeks to be on mission, to have Jesus as Lord, to be using our giftings in the church, and these things have been challenging, and I will always challenge us to do whatever we can to, to get closer and closer to the Lord and grow more in Him as a disciple of Jesus. And I'll never apologize for that, but sometimes I just got to step back and go, wow. You guys are the bomb diggity, man. Like, you are incredible what you have done this week. If you don't know, we've had a couple of tragedies and a couple of natural disasters that have affected our area. 
Um, we have had, to, and I, we know we're praying for Harvey. We know we'd love to send people. We'd love to help churches there, that kind of thing. But there are people here in Edgerton that a couple of weeks ago lost everything in a devastating flood. We had about ten and a half inches of water one night, and there are several families in town that lost everything. And what, like, like incredibly, I had one person after another telling me, "Hey, uh, we're helping this family. Hey, we're helping that family. Hey, we're helping this family." There's a, a family, you guys know where that half car is, right? You guys know where the half car is down the road? You guys know? Everybody with me in New City? All right, just making sure. <laughs> there's a half car right now. I'm like, no, I'm seeing that thing. Well, if you drive right down that road, there's a half car. It's pretty funny. It's been there for years and years. But if you saw the picture on, online, it was actually the, the water was up to the windows of that half car. And there's a house right behind there. And the, 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 it's a family called the Gerardos, and they lost everything. It was like, I mean, they had five feet of water, four or five feet of water in their house. <coughs> it's a one-story house and, and literally just devastated those folks. And we went by this week, and, and it was incredible. They, they said, oh, wow, we had so-and-so come by from your church. We had this person come by from your church. I know uh, John Daly, who's, who works as a plumber, uh, offered to fix water, you know, replace a water heater for free, which Sonny got to work. Oh, by the way, and got the furnace to work and the AC to I'm like, dude, these things were underwater. How'd you do that? He's like, man, I laid my hands on them and healed them, baby. I don't, I don't know what you did. But it was cool, man. So we actually got to, got to but she was saying, hey, so-and-so, uh, Nate, for example. Nate, uh, he, he works in Kid City right now. Uh, so he's not in this service. He's in the first service. He said, came by to help with the sheetrock. We had one person after another. Uh, if you guys know Jeremy Little, uh, the Littles were instrumental in helping several families. The Fosters, and I'm probably forgetting some people, so if I did, I apologize. But it was remarkable to me to see us as a church going in the, not, and not sponsored by the church, we just did it. I love that. I love that. It shows us that we are truly, Pam Sill did not, like I walked into the Gerardos and there's, there's a fan in there, it says Pam Sill right there on the fan. I'm like, dude, check this out, man. We just, we just did it. And I love the fact that we went and we served our people. Because we are on mission. Amen? Who's going to have a conversation with people about Jesus? Those who do serve or those who don't serve? Those who serve. Exactly right. What did you what say? Serve is love, right? So what, uh, what, what Mr. Ed said, man, in the, com- in the commercials. I say commercials? No. The announcements. Sorry. The prequels. Exactly. <laughs> right on. Love it. Love it. Love our church, boy, I tell you. I'm more proud this week than I have ever been. Mark 12, Jesus is debating, guys. And I love Jesus, man, not just because he's the son of God and God in the flesh and fulfilled all these prophecies. This guy, this God-man was so smart that he made everybody who was smart, considered smart in the society of the day, look very foolish when they tried to challenge him. And listen to what he says in one of the scribes approached. And when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus had answered them well, he asked him, Which command is the most important of all? This is the most important, Jesus answered. Listen, Israel, the the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this is the Shema, Deuteronomy 6.4 is what he's about to lay down. Verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your 
In, in other words, love God with everything you've got. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This is an important thing here. Uh, th- he said, love God with everything you have. He said, the second is, and the other scriptures in the, in the, when they're talking about the greatest commandment, these go together. The second is like it. Uh, love your neighbor as who? Yourself. There is no other command, singular, greater than these. These go together, don't they? It's remarkable, man. Like if we love God with everything we have, and we love our neighbor as ourselves, what Jesus says in other scriptures, that all the law and all the prophets hang on these two commands. So if we're loving God and loving others, we're in His will. It really is simple But it is also very difficult because naturally we tend to just love ourselves, take care of ourselves. Look out for number one is what the the advice of the world is, right? But when Jesus says, actually go and and love other people ahead of yourself, that that goes against everything we're, we're made of, doesn't it? That's why it's hard to be a Christian. It's not an easy thing. It's not, it's not a thing where you come in and you go, well, I'm going to have all my stuff taken care of, and I'm going to have a life of ease and all this kind of stuff if, if I just know Jesus, right? Actually, it gets kind of harder because all of a sudden, the requirement's not a requirement from a standpoint of Jesus said you must, but if you are a disciple of his, you will look out for the, the uh, needs and the wants and the desires of other people. It's incredible to me. The greatest commands go together. You can fill out your bulletins here. They are inseparable. See, loving God and loving others is the key to ministry and to being on mission. I'm going to try to help us understand the difference between ministry and mission. We've been talking about this initiative called Will It Be Us that we started a couple of months back saying, saying will it be us that answers the call when Jesus says, who will I send to the people of Edgerton, to the people of Baldwin City, to the people of Wellsville, to the people of Gardner, to the people of Olathe, to the people of Ottawa, and wherever we are in, in our area here, will it be us that goes and reaches these people? And it's a question mark, right? But we are on mission. And as we are on mission, we can never forget our ministries. See, ministries is something that we do in-house for one another. We take care of one another. We take care of the services. We take care of the, the we, we organize things, that kind of thing. Mission is going and reaching others for, for Him. Amen? I know sometimes people use those kinds of things interchangeably. So when somebody says, this is my ministry, and what they actually do is they go reach people, they're actually, that's their mission. Does that make sense? That may kind of kind of with me on that, so I'm going to use. Sometimes we use interchangeably, but but there is a little bit of a difference. See, we have a rhythm in our church of up, we worship God, in we have togetherness, we have ministry, right, and we have an out, which is mission. And I had this conversation with a sister of mine this week that was kind of struggling a little bit with 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 calling us to be on mission to other people. She was saying things like. Well, if we go out and we reach other people and we reach other people's needs and we go outside the walls, what happens to us inside? Are we going to neglect ourselves? We can never do that. But here's the thing. If we are thinking of others as ourselves, we will never neglect one another. Catch what I'm saying on that? Here's the deal. 
We've got a church of about 300 folks here, right? Uh, we have three services, that kind of thing. Lots of people out for, actually, I didn't expect it to be this full for Labor Day. This is kind of nice. But we've got all these people in our church, right? And if all these other people are looking out for me, rather than me looking out for myself, only, primarily, mostly, right? Then I've got 300 other people looking out for me. That's a lot more powerful than me trying to figure it out on my own, isn't it? See how that works? So if we're all looking out for one another, as we go on mission, guys, it will never, never, yeah, like it, like it never will, you'll never want for anything. Does that make sense? Are you with me, New City? I don't know if y'all are with me this morning. Do we need some more coffee or anything? We okay? Temperature good? We cool enough, hot enough, whatever? Because I'm hot up here, man. I don't know about you guys. We good? All right. Just, I'm making sure. Because when I ask questions, I love me some answers, man. You know what I mean? If all we do is try to get people, as we go out, to come to church, we make the lost the missionaries. You ever thought about that? Say that with me. If all we do is try to get people to come to church, we make the lost the missionary. Meaning that if we're not going to go and serve people, love people, mission to people, tell people about Jesus, if our default is, let's just bring them in on Sunday morning, let the pastor do that, let the preacher do that. I mean, this is an effective thing we do, and I love that. But we've got to be doing that. Like, it's a lot more effective for people to be on mission 24-7, talking to people about Jesus, telling, sharing people the love of Jesus, serving other people. Amen? So this is, the, this is important. But if we make, see, we're supposed to be the missionaries going and reaching the lost. For 50 plus years, people have said, let's just get them to come to church on Sunday morning. That's not working anymore, is it? See, about 50 years ago, about 80% of the population was willing to Come to church on Sunday morning. 20 years ago, about two-thirds of the population was willing to come on Sunday morning. Today, it's about one-third or one-fourth. And so we've got to be thinking, we've got to be reaching out to people. Hey, Sunday mornings will take care of themselves when we reach, when we mission, when we evangelize. Amen? Like, it's a 24-7 thing for us. That's what we've got to, got to be. So I want to tell you about, uh, like, I want to show you a picture of one of the people that were doing this very thing, being on mission. And this was Jeremy Little sent me a picture of this. He's like, hey, if you go anybody that needs anything at all in the town, if you hear anything, we're going around town and just collecting stuff and taking it to the dump. These are things that were ruined in people's homes. Is that not cool? Just did it, right? Amen, man. Love that. <laughs> and so as people, guess, guess who's going to be able to have the conversation about Jesus? Now, this is not a manipulative thing. It's not, so, well, I'm going I'm to go help them so then they'll let me talk to them about Jesus. No, we help because we love. Out of that will come conversations about Jesus because we love Jesus, right? Amen? Amen. So here's what we do. You know, we had a couple of things going on this past week. If you guys don't know, we also had a, a, a loss in our Gardner Edgerton High School community of a young lady named Haley Bell was killed in a car accident on Tuesday morning. And we had a lot of hurting folks. We went out to the vigil on uh, Tuesday night. We had about 500 or so students that came out. And a lot of you are hurting 
as a result of this this, this morning. And Skyler, who's a senior at Gardner-Edgerton High School, very good friends with Haley, called me crying on Tuesday, as he should have, right? Let me just tell you, death sucks, right? I mean, there's no sugarcoating pain like that. And so when he lost a very good friend of his, he's calling me crying. I'm like, and I'm not trying to give him the God answers like, like the Jesus answer or the Sunday school answers going, well, you know, God's in control. You know, everything's going to be fine. Uh, he works out all the plans for his good. Those kinds of things. I'm like, Skylar, dude, I'm sorry for your pain, bro. I'm really sorry. And that's how we do it. Like that. It's how we love on one another. But here's what Skylar did that really impressed me, that, 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 that exemplified this whole idea of being on mission and exemplified considering ourselves as, as we do our neighbors and loving our neighbor as ourselves. He was asking people, and I'm on the phone with him for about 15 minutes comforting him. As I'm comforting him, he's comforting other people. He's asking them, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Hey, are you okay? Anything you do? I'm like, dude, this is amazing to me. I love our flipping church. It's incredible to me. The kind of people that we have. Philippians 2, starting in verse 3, says, and this is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. I'm going to talk about Paul writing another letter to the church in Rome in just a second. But he says, Philippians 2, verse 3, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way. Having the same, say this with me, New City. Say it again. Sharing the same feelings. Focusing on one goal. Do zippity doo out of rivalry or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. That's the hard part about being a Christian. It ain't just about accepting Jesus and saying, okay, saying this prayer, I accept you in my heart, and I'm just going to keep on going and live my life the same way. It's like, like, no, actually, this scripture even steps up that consider others, like love your neighbor as yourself, just considering others as more important than yourselves. And New City Church, you did that this week, man. I'm, I mean, I'm just, so, I'm, I'm just so proud of us, man. Just so proud. Man. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. And you did that, New City. And I'm proud. Romans 10, Paul writes to a, a church in, <coughs> well, believers in Rome. And there were just a lot of people that had all these kind of different uh, beliefs about how we're supposed to do church and how we're supposed to do religion and how we're supposed to do devotion and should we keep all the Old Testament stuff and this like are Jews like special and the Greeks and all all these kinds of things and listen to what Paul says his brothers my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them is for their salvation now. We don't want to just see somebody saved. We love it when people are saved. I'm an evangelist at heart. It's one of my apex giftings, right? And I love it when somebody comes. But it, ain't, it don't mean jack if somebody comes to know Jesus, right? I mean, I'm glad to get saved. But if they don't help other people come to know Jesus and help to get, tell them to become disciples, guys, we've not done our job. See, we don't consider people better than ourselves. We don't love our neighbors as ourselves if we allow someone to come to church get dunked into in a dunk tank, if you will, be baptized, and leave them there. 
We've got to help them get to where God wants them to be. Amen? I could testify about them that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. He's about to throw down a whole bunch of Old Testament stuff from uh, Isaiah and uh, Deuteronomy and Leviticus and, and Joel. Watch this. Because they disregard, amen is right. He's all right. He's okay. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> because they disregarded the righteousness from God and attempted to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves to God's righteousness. And how many Christians quote-unquote Christians, even do this on their own, will say, well, I just, I think that God would want, and I think that, and I think what, like, man, wow, this is remarkable. Like, we tend to put our own, what we think is right, and we don't even go into the Word to find out. But they have not submitted themselves to God's righteousness, which is found in His, His Word. For Christ is the end, or the goal, of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes for Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the the law he wrote the first five books of the old testament the one who does these things will live by them but the righteousness everybody say but but the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this do not say in your heart who will go up to heaven that is to bring Christ down or to who will go up to go into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead on the contrary what does it say that's why we got to go in and find out what it says, don't we? See, a Christian who says, yeah, man, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe this. Yeah, I believe that. And uh, yeah, but they never go into the Word and actually find out what it says. They're not really a disciple of Jesus because Jesus says that we are to go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey. And if we never go find out what He said, we will never be able to obey the way He said for us to obey. Amen. I give this test every once in a while to us as a church just to, because we've, we've got almost twice the people here this year than we did last year. Meaning we about once a year I'll try to um, you know, give this test if you will. So if you guys would just respond back in affirmative. And you know I love questions. You've already figured this out. I love answers when I ask the questions. So here's a couple of questions I want to ask you. And I imagine if you're a believer in Jesus... And if you love Jesus, you will definitely say these things in the affirmative. But do you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus fulfilled, listen to this, 365 different predictions about him that he, he fulfilled only in the New Testament? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Bible is the inspired, complete, inerrant word of God? Do you believe that by Jesus' blood and his shed blood only, that we can be saved. Do you believe that he died on a cross? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. That was kind of weak there. What's up? What's up? Do you believe he died on a cross? I may have said it too fast. I'm sorry. I was, I was rolling, baby. I'm sorry. All right. Do you believe that he rose from the dead? Do you realize how ridiculous that is, right? Wait, 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 wait. He rose from the dead. Yeah, people actually saw him and followed him and were willing to die for him. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that he is coming back for his church, his bride? Do you believe that Satan and his demons know all this stuff too? And they're ramping up, right? Because they know they're going to get jacked here, here before long. And I can't wait for them to go down, right? I can't wait. You guys believe that, right? So here's my question. 
If you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, if you believe he died on the cross, if you believe he was born of a virgin, if you believe that he, was, he fulfilled all these prophecies from the Old Testament that is virtually impossible for anybody to do unless he's God in the flesh. And by his shed blood and his shed blood only, you can be healed. And that Satan and his demons know all this too. Know the word is the inspired, inerrant word of God. And by, by Jesus' shed blood, only can we be healed. Satan knows all that too. We all know all that too. What's the difference between us and Satan? Bang. Obedience. Love. Jesus is Lord, baby. Amen is right. Can I get an amen on that? Give me a new city. Absolutely, right? See, if you don't want to say amen, you could say hallelujah. You could say word, word up, word to your mother. Watch what you say about my mom. I don't care. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Belief in the facts, belief about Jesus ain't what it's about. It's a genuine trust in and love in and faith, a pistuo faith. Listen to this. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law. The one who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart, who will go up to heaven, that is to bring Christ down. Who will go down into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. This message of faith that we proclaim, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and what? Believe. This is not just facts. This is a belief in your heart. Like I'm willing to... to to live my life, to stake my claim, to put my weight on this. That God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. And, these two go together, one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. you got to tell somebody. You keep it to yourself. But what does it say, right? Like, let's go back. I, I don't want to be the guy that, oh, I can't believe you said it. Oh, no, I didn't say it. Jesus did. Jesus said it, man. I didn't, I, hey, look, I may not even agree with everything Jesus said. Oh, oh what? But he's the boss. Like, I, like, like, do I think it's fair, right, for something like, like some people, that seems like a good person. You mean they're not going to go to heaven because they don't proclaim Jesus? He's the boss. It's not mine to call. Jesus is the one that rose from the dead. The philosophers with more degrees than a circle didn't rise from the dead. Jesus rose. Amen? Jesus is the one that fulfilled all the prophecies. If he says it, then I submit to that. Regardless of what my natural affinities or my natural affections or my natural, no matter what, I submit to his supernatural will for my life. One believes with a heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with a mouth resulting in salvation. Now the scripture says everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, but there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Since the same Lord of all is rich to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do we want that for ourselves, my brothers and sisters? Do we want that for others? As we want that for ourselves. I'll never forget, one of the greatest sermons on this came from an atheist. 
you guys don't know the magician duo Penn and Teller, Sean Penn is an atheist. And he said that he was approached by <coughs> a guy after one of his shows. And he just said, this was a really good guy. Because I don't believe anything he believes, but he wanted to share the Bible with me. He wanted to share Jesus with me. And he, and he just continued to say how much he appreciated this guy coming to him. And he didn't convert. He didn't submit to God's will. He didn't do any of that stuff. But here's what he said. And this is what, I'll never forget this. He goes, if you are a Christian and you believe that if you're not a Christian, you go to hell how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus? An atheist. Preach on. What a challenge that is, amen? We can never keep this here. We can never just say, yeah, me and Jesus are tight, or yeah, I don't need this, or I don't need that, I don't need to go tell anybody, I'm saved, to hell with everybody else right now. It's not like that. I was, I was so struck by what Sean Penn said. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him if they've not believed him? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a, a preacher? And I'm not talking about a Sunday morning preaching from the stage. I'm talking about us proclaiming his name to the masses. How can they preach unless they are sent? Will it be us? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good things. But all did not obey the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Amen. Will it be us, my brothers and sisters, that reaches those who meet him? And not just reaches those, but as we go, as we mission, as we reach, we take care of one another and reach them as, as he guides ministry and mission. Looking out for the interests not of only of ourselves, but also to the interests of, of others. Is this helpful today, New City? I pray that it is, man. I pray that we actually get this. I pray that we challenge one another to grow in the Lord, to mature in the Lord, to be more like Him all the time. And as we serve those in need, as we help those that are in grief, as we do whatever it is that God allows us to be a part of and guides us, may we continue to reach, may we continue to beg the Lord for the opportunities to talk about Him. The Gerardos that we helped this week, I never had the conversation about Jesus. We just showed up and helped. Right? I'm not saying don't, but I didn't get a green light from the Lord to say, hey man, tell them about me right now. You know, We wanted to love them, serve them. They knew we're from the church, right? They asked about the church. I even asked her to pray this week. I just, why not, right? Hey. There's some people that are hurting in our church. Man, would you mind giving them a prayer? Actually, Jeremy Little's grandmother passed away this week. I asked somebody who I'm assuming is an unbeliever, hey, could you, would you mind to pray? Like, what would it look like if we actually showed people that we are in ministry and mission and family together? 
totally changes the way people think about what a church is, doesn't it? Amen. Father, we love you. And we're amazed by you. We are incredibly humbled and in awe of what you have done. The fact that you fulfilled hundreds of prophecies. The fact that you rose from the dead. The fact that you even want us to carry on your work for your glory, for your mission. The fact that you have even asked the question and not demanded it from us. Whom shall I send? You never say you have to do anything. We don't even have to love you, God. Because you're not that kind of God that demands it. Father, we get to love you. We get to be on mission for you. We get to go help others. We get to go minister to one another. We get to serve our community, love other people as ourselves. We don't have to. We get to, and we're amazed by that. If anyone demand, or if anyone deserves to demand anything, it's you, God, but you don't. You always say, if you do this, then this is what I expect. We thank you for that, God. May you consider us worthy of your work. Worthy to carry your cross. Worthy to honor your name. As we serve one another and as we serve our community. We love you, Father. It's in your son's amazing name that we pray. With incredible enthusiasm, New City Church said...